Welcome. You're listening to Sanseet. Where you'll find everything to do with spirituality, life lessons, holistic living, and medicine. To become your true self. We all have stories, journeys, experiences, and love. Here's your host, Erin O'Dowd. Hello and welcome on today's show of Sensi. Our guest is Nikki Barish. She is a kinesiologist and she currently lives in Australia and has been touring for a few weeks and she's back ready to take on the stress and troubles that people have through kinesiology. Hello and welcome to the show, Nikki. How are you doing? Thanks very much, Aaron. I'm really well, thank you. Very early on this lovely, beautiful morning. Excellent. Tell us about how you got into the area of holistic and spirituality. Okay. Many years ago, I was kind of curious about what this spirituality thing was all about. I used to go to church a lot, and that didn't seem to to tick all the boxes for me, and a number of different things happened uh, to change my route in life. And so I started to look at the spiritual side of things and was led down a path. Um, The path led me to... First of all to Reiki and then to a modality called magnified healing. Uh, as generally happens to people, you, you seem to find a spiritual teacher for a while who takes you by the hand and leads you for a little while and then lets go and lets you get on with life. That then led me to a beautiful little country town in northeast Victoria in Australia, right at the foot of the Australian Alps and the Australian Alps are not real Alps, let me tell you. They're not very high, but they're quite sweet. And they do get snow in the winter. Um, And I there met this amazing old lady who was in her 80s. And I was going through a bit of emotional stuff at the time. And uh, she said, why don't you come out and see me? And I, I had no idea what this woman was about. I lay on this table and she moved my arms, she moved my legs and all of a sudden I burst into tears and she laughed. She said, this is what you need, you need a release. And for me, being quite a reticent person, it was a, it was a strange experience. She helped me get through this, this stuff that I was going through at the time. And I said to her, what are you doing? She said, this is kinesiology. I said, okay. She said, and after a couple of sessions, she suddenly turned to me and she looked and she said, you need to find your passion in life. And I thought about this and I said, okay. And she said, well, what do you think your passion might be? And I said, "Uh, pretty much what you're doing. So she said to me, well, in that case, you need to go and find out about kinesiology. (laughs) And that uh, led me on a path about um, nearly 20 years ago now I started studying kinesiology loved it um, am totally passionate about it I now teach a modality called kinegetics and I um, set up workshops for an extraordinary kinesiologist who also travels the world and uh, yeah that's basically my job nowadays when that lady asked you about what was your passion, was that something that you kind of thought of before she asked you or did it kind of pop up in conversation? Yeah, popped up then and there. When she said, you need to find your passion, it was as if something was in my inner computer, I reckon, was having a little look around to see, okay, what's this passion that we've got to find? And, and that's what came out. 
before you discovered this lady in kinesiology, what were you doing before then? Um, I have been, I'm a mum. I have a beautiful daughter who's now in her late 20s, who's studying psychology, which is really, really fantastic because a lot of the stuff that she studies is actually in alignment with kinesiology and we're trying to find common ground between the spiritual life and the spiritual understanding and also the scientific world. And my daughter bridges that gap beautifully and, and the studies that she does bridges that gap. So I have a daughter. I have done, I've worked in a number of different fields. I've been in the banking world. I have been in the paragliding world. My ex-husband actually set up the first paragliding school in Australia, and that's still very successful. Even though he and I aren't together anymore, um, we're great friends, and what he does with the paragliding school is amazing. And I've also worked just uh, in secretarial, in the legal business, and all sorts of different things. So quite a varied, quite an office-related life before kinesiology. You must found jumping from those kind of jobs and that life to a different lifestyle with more kinesiology, more kind of a, a calm environment. I've probably never worked so hard in my life before doing what I do, but I find even that word is strange because it's, no, it's not work for me, it's just fun. A relaxed environment, yes. Um, we live now in a, it's almost like a holiday town. And we're right on the ocean. So we're watching right now the whales are going past on their way back down south after being in the, the Queensland waters. So that's extraordinary. And sometimes we go out fishing and we have the whales coming right outside the boat, which is lovely. At the moment, I'm living in a caravan with my husband while we're waiting for our house to be built. So that's really exciting and very weird. And I've taken advantage of that by actually traveling around the smaller country towns of Australia and teaching workshops there. And that's actually one of those dreams that the universe listens to and says, right, we'll get on with it. It was a really quite a, an amazing and quick transition to get from living in a house to selling that house to moving into a caravan and traveling. It, it really happened within the space uh, of about two weeks, we were out of our house and in the caravan and off and on the road. So yes, it's a it's a different life and living a life in an office is, is I, I, I cannot imagine myself ever doing that again. It's interesting how you talk about like the whales traveling back to, to warmer waters or colder waters and your life is like the whale and our body, how it transfers from one environment to another like the way the whales go off and find a new home to live in for a few weeks. Yeah, isn't that a lovely comparison? It reminds me that when you actually do surrender to the universe, and that's something I really talk to people about, when you surrender, when you let go, and if you like, let God or let the universe not make your choices, but be in alignment with your higher self then there is a flow and you you find yourself moving in a state of ease and in a, in a state of comfort and not always without a, a lot of effort but uh, things feel completely different why is surrender so hard for you i think once you've once you've experienced it 
you realize it's not hard. For me, I guess I lived my life when I lived in the UK, which was where I was born. I came from an environment where I was taught, I suppose, to really hold on to things and to carve my identity through my work, through my studies. And the emphasis was always to kind of hold on. So to let go to some almost in many ways until I'd actually done it, it was to let go to an unknown was a very big thing. And I do have huge empathy for people who find that hard. Now that I've been there, and I've been there maybe a number of times because we tend to forget to let go and let God. Once I go back there and I go back into that flow, I remember and I realize how easy it is. And it's not actually letting go of everything you hold on to. It's just allowing your higher self to drive the bus. Maybe that's sort of like the, the egoic part of us that wants to hold on. That's the fear. That's the fear of letting go. It, it, sure, it sure is. It's like fishing. You know, let the reel go out and catch it and see what comes up. But as humans, we have an intellectual mind and that's how I think that stops us. Or and you said fear, I think that's another part of it. Yeah. With the aspects of kinesiology, does surrender sit into the, the foundation of kinesiology or not? Yeah, it does. When I am working with somebody, what we're doing is, I don't know whether you've, have you spoken with a kinesiologist before? So do you know the, the concept behind it? I do, yes, yeah. Yeah, okay. So when you are making a connection with somebody, the state to which they are in alignment will really help the ability to help them find their healing. And that's, uh, that, that is probably a core of what I do as well. Is it's really in so many ways got nothing to do with me and I, and I don't call myself a healer. It is the, the person that you are working with who is doing all of the work. They are, it is their system that is both allowing to come forth what is uh, out of alignment for them, and it is their system that is tuning into what the facilitator has, the tools that the facilitator has, so that that client can um, take what they need to clear whatever is out of, out of kilter in their body. That surrender is really quite important. I find some people will, it might take two hours to get through and, and help them heal. And some people it might take five minutes. What tools do you use to help the individual get through whatever they've come in with? There are an extraordinary array of tools that we can use. In March of next year, we're running almost two weeks of workshop. It's a series of modules called Integrated Healing. It's not just kinesiology, it's a way of bringing in kinesiology with psychology, with NLP, with um, life coaching principles and a, and a whole gamut of other things. And what you learn is a way that uh, no matter what your skills are, no matter if you have used sound bowls or you use Reiki or you use essences or whatever, 
you can use them within the framework of an integrated healing session with a client. So we use, we use essences, we use affirmations, we use sound bowls, we use tuning forks, we use an, an incredibly clever laser-like torch that we, that we work with people and, and a whole gamut of other things, even the person's, using the person's imagination. It's, it's almost limitless what we can use. So we've identified the tools that you can use. So do you do a consultation to figure out what the, the client or the person deal with or you just chat to their body or what do you do? Yeah, so in a, in a session, in an integrated healing session, the client comes in, they will lie on the table usually um, and tell you what, they, what it is that they feel is wrong with them. And um, it's quite funny because the body will, once you make contact with the body, you can actually chat with the body as well rather than just the, the conscious mind. So in integrated healing, we, we actually bring on board every aspect of the, of the being that's on the table. So there's the conscious mind and the superconscious mind, the soul and the oversoul, the inner being, the outer being, all sorts of different aspects, and we call it the hologram. And within that scope, the conscious mind might be saying, my back is sore. And the superconsciousness might be saying, I'm holding on to a lot of resentment or something like that. So we can actually go with what the core is, what the core issue is and work with that. And so, so during a session, the client will talk about what it is. And once we've some kind of, we're in alignment with what's going on, then the clearing is usually very, very quick. It's almost like when there is a dis-ease in the body or when, that, when the body is not in full balance, whatever it is that's causing the state of out of balance, if you look at it like um, in an EEG uh, graph, the lines become suddenly very, very jagged. So it's, it's, it's as if there is a wavelength that is, that is becoming jagged or it is jagged. And what we do then is the person's body will find whatever it is that will bring that jaggedness back into, into the general beautiful flow. So the choice can then be made by the client on the table through the muscle testing whether the most suitable thing might be an affirmation. It might be a diet change. It might be a change of thinking or it might be a tuning fork. It's quite amazing how it works. So every single being that comes to see me is different. And uh, you know, everything is different. And it's always a, an eye-opening pleasure to work with. How are you able to communicate through the, the body? So we're really looking at the energy field within the body. And we're looking at the association of the muscles with that energy field. In an integrated healing uh, session, we would be using one muscle as a biofeedback system, or maybe two muscles as a biofeedback system. So the muscles will actually turn on and turn off. That's actually a natural process of our muscles. For example, if you think about lifting something heavy off the ground and you've got to lift your arm up and your bicep will contract in order to do that. It will become strong and, and the fibers will become closer and closer together. On the other side of your arm, tricep has to actually let go. So this is actually a natural occurrence within the body. So all we're using is that natural occurrence, but we're intervening with questions instead. 
So we're the, the question or the um, statement that we might use will either cause the body to let go or it will cause the body to hold on. And that's what represents the difference with the questions and answers. So it's, it's quite clever and not a difficult process to learn. I usually teach that muscle testing technique in a day. Which would you rather like to talk to the, the body, which is the subconscious, or the mind, the conscious, when the client comes in? When I'm talking to the being, it is everything that is online. If you're just talking to the subconscious, you know, you don't have everything in alignment. It's like that word surrender again, you know, you, you let go and then the, the super consciousness can take over and the higher self starts to be more to the fore. So it's not really a question, I suppose, of whether I would rather speak to the mind or the body. I speak to the hologram of the being. So it's, it's a bit kind of vocabulary coming in here, but, but I'll, call, I'll, I'll just call it the hologram. So I speak to the whole, the whole of the being. Are we really just holograms? Yeah. Through kinesiology, are you like, like kind of like jacking into the the subconscious and figuring out the core issues? Yes, it's like that. Jacking in—that's a really good word. When I'm talking to people and I'm first explaining what it's like, it, it's it is like the the client who comes to see me is a computer or a hologram, whatever we want to call it. And I am a hologram or a computer. And indeed what happens is that you, when you make that connection, be it face to face or be it even by a distance, you do tap in to the computer. So it's like nowadays we can take our cars to the mechanic and they just plug the car in and a computer tells them what's going on. It's a similar thing and it's, um, it's quite amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with emotion, is the emotion based as an energy form or is it just you're just tapping in and figuring out how to clean out the emotion? That's not required. No, it's it, emotions very often, very often caught up in what's going on with a, with a person. It is, golly, that's a really interesting question actually. Emotion, it is energy, of course, because at core we're all energy. When I work with people, I often work with clients who are referred from chiropractors and osteopaths and masseur therapists, and they will often send me their people who, for some reason, an injury won't clear. And invariably, that is because there is emotion trapped there. One of the beautiful things that kinesiology can do is target the emotion and then target the related information at different ages for that person. So for example, if somebody has maybe, and, I, and I'm really being generalizing here, maybe somebody has a pain in their shoulder. They've been to the masseur and that hasn't cleared and it hasn't cleared or it's cleared for a few, a few days and then it comes back again. And they might come to me and we might look at the shoulder and an emotion comes up. And let's say, for example, the emotion of anger. 
And so what kinesiology can do is say, okay, so anger is sitting in the shoulder and the person may not have any anger in their system, any, any conscious recognition of anger right now. So what we can do is we can take them back to an age where their anger has been a big issue within their system. So for example, let's take a 34 year old. So in kinesiology, we start at their current age, 34, and then we'll kind of track back and we might get to say age 22. And I might say to them, okay, what's happening at age 22? Anger seems to be an issue here. And they may not remember. So we have a few more techniques that might get in a little bit deeper and we can find out if it's anger towards somebody or anger at self, or we can find out if um, it has to do with a male or a female or whatever. So we can dig a little bit deeper until, until the conscious mind suddenly finds the information. And invariably they do. And they might go, well, yeah, that was a time when I was fairly angry, but um, it wasn't significant. And usually that means that there is something going on in the childhood of that person. So we might track back even further. And from there, things can get really interesting. So we might get them back to age two. And of course, a person doesn't generally remember what happens when before they're about age three or four. Some people do. But quite often, things will happen in the childhood or even in utero that has created a file, if you like, a file in the system that sits there. And the whole idea with that is when we have an inexperience and one of the ways that the brain records the experience is under emotion. So if you have an experience at a very early age in life, like anger, and it's a different from any other experience, the brain will open, if you like, a file and it will file everything that happened in that at that age including the age, including the emotion. So then what happens is it will store that and maybe allocate a, a percentage of how much that affects the body. So at that age, maybe that anger was a real, you know, two-year-old tantrum, anger that was about 80% uh, stress for the body. And then at age 22, this person has a, another experience of anger, but this one, this time it's only maybe 15%. But it's similar to the, what happened to the two-year-old child. So the brain refers back to that file and has a look at it and re records the, the rest of the experience at that age. Then at age 34, we've got a person who has hardly any, some, something may have triggered them, it may even be subconscious, but it's similar to that experience again. So the, the brain goes back to that file, opens it up again, and all of a sudden, there's a 95% stress already sitting in that file. If you add 5%, then it's kind of like is the, the straw that breaks the camel's back and it relates and it, it then transfers into a pain in the shoulder. So once we clear that file, once we allow the subconscious to open that file, have a look at it and we clear it, then the pain goes away. And that's how it works. Wow, it just shows you that we're we're really like artificial intelligence in some way, walking around being who we're being after that description. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how, like, at birth, like in the universe, and like you can have these files uh, which are stored for a long period. That's amazing. Yeah, and in fact, you can even go back to to um, DNA structure. You can go back to past life. It's just 
We are just extraordinary, extraordinary beings walking on this planet. Wow. And when you said, like, you hear someone fire to be strong, is that through genetics or just through the, the mother's uh, womb? Or how does that work? Yeah. So, so in this case, we're talking about emotion. If the mother has a major emotion, say she has a fight with her husband or something, something really powerful, then of course the baby's going to be affected. It is, it is really interesting. I see people well who the mother has had a physical experience and that's affected the child. And um, it, it's really quite extraordinary that you can clear that physical experience of the mother and then the child's health improves. As someone who's washing the, the windows of, of people coming into your, your clinic and doing kinesiology, it must have some curiosity at the beginning and then a half the moment to identify uh, the, the physical connected to the emotion in some way. Yes, it is. You sometimes feel like you're a detective. And it's extraordinary how, because I see so many people, I don't, I don't understand how my brain is, is structured, but it's like somebody will come in and see me and we will go through this whole amazingly wonderful experience and then they leave. And the next time they might come and see me, they say, remember this, that and the other, and I have no recollection of it. As soon as the person walks out of the door, their story and their private life is gone out of my head. Why is that? I suspect because I'm uh, I'm being protected because I think that if you took too many stories on um, and you you know you thought about them a lot, it might just overload my circuits. So I don't. Yeah, no, we all have to look after each other. Even even the janitors to the to the millionaires, we all have a, a subconscious and unconscious brain, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tell us about the other aspect of kinesiology that you kind of stumbled on at the moment. All right, so so I teach um, another kind of kinesiology that it takes into account everything that I've just talked about, but we also can look at the whole sort of energetic system of the body, and we call that the meridians. So anybody who's been to a, an acupuncturist will know that they're sticking the needles into these lines of energy in the body called meridians. And we essentially have 14 of them. We have 12 that kind of travel around the, the time of day. So for every two hours, one of the meridians will be kind of at a forefront. And we have a couple of extra ones called central vessels or uh, vessels. And each meridian relates to a body system or an organ in the body. So we have a heart meridian and we have a spleen meridian. We have a, a vessel that relates to the brain. We have kidney, we have liver, all sorts of different things. And kinesiology really came to the fore in the 1960s when there's actually a group of chiropractors in the States um, got together and they started to look at the relationship between the muscles and these meridian systems and they isolated a number of different muscles. In fact, now there's a, there's a modality taught that teaches 42 different muscles relating to these different meridians. Where it really came to the fore was because you could isolate these muscles. So you put, the, put an arm or a leg into a certain position so you maximize 
the use of that muscle and minimize any other muscles that might be helping that body the body to move in a certain position and from that you can gauge what the meridian is doing and from that you can gauge the amount of energy that is flowing through either the organ or associated um, body system so we can look and it's a really quite amazing technique when when we think of the meridians it's actually this like this this flow of energy going through the body much like our blood system much like the, the lymph system everything has got a flow and when something happens either an injury or a, an emotional issue it can impede the flow and it's that impediment to the flow that causes really the injury so an emotional issue might impede the flow of the energy in a certain area and there's an associated muscle that sits in the shoulder and that's what causes the pain and that's what causes a restriction of movement but it could also be an injury that does that so somebody's you know hurt their shoulder so we can look at the different aspects and clear the different aspects of what's going on and i love that i love the fact that especially if i've got people who don't really they don't believe in it they might say oh my wife sent me because um, i'm being pain or whatever um and i can show someone how to clear something the muscle the associated muscle might be kind of weak and um then when you clear it suddenly it holds nice and strong and and becomes effortless and that's really quite cool to be able to show people very very quickly how to that that you are having a massive effect on their body how does the emotion impede the meridian flow same way that and that injury does you know it's um think about a, a strong emotion so a strong negative emotion like like anger that's always a good one and how you hold yourself when you are angry how it affects your muscles and if we're then extrapolating that each of those muscles relates to a meridian you can imagine how the flow is impeded wow okay i see now when the guy comes in to say hey my wife sent me in and when they see a thing that when they come out and, and see a completely new self do you kind of laugh and say like i told you so or is it like oh wow you know that the math that you see through through the, the session is probably um making them be more aware of how they felt at that time and how they can alter it and change it to create that natural flow again yeah i mean everybody's different and and again i think that it always comes back to it's the client making the decisions for their healing whether it's a, a subconscious and invariably it's subconscious or a conscious act it's that's immaterial I mean it does feel cool to be able to show somebody the differences but I also remind myself that you know I am merely a facilitator and therefore it really comes down to choice as to what people want to do with their lives and whether they want to make changes or not is that answer it, it sure does you mentioned about 40 muscles and meridians can you tell us more about that if you can yeah so I would say that every muscle over 600 in the body every muscle relates to a meridian in some way or another um but the group of of chiropractors that I talked about in in the 1960s they isolated 
muscles that were easy to work with. So for example, the quad muscles in your legs, they relate to the small intestine movement. We have um, a muscle called the psoas, which is um, the muscle that kind of gets us standing up and that relates to the kidney meridian. The upper trapezius muscles also relate to the kidney meridian. And I talk a lot about the kidney meridian because the kidneys are basically our hydrating system, if you like, and we're 70% water. And a lot of things happen to impede the flow of energy. And those, those muscles are really quite key. Plus, I teach a workshop about the jaw the TMJ, which is the temporomandibular joint, which is our jaw. And uh, the muscles around the jaw have a huge impact on the rest of the body. So, um, and one of those muscles also relates to the kidney meridian. When the kidney meridian is, we would call it jammed up or, or under-functioning, it means that the hydration in the body is not as effective as it should be. Now, as I said, we're 70% water. So if our body is not hydrated properly, everything happens within the medium of water. All of the electrical messages, all of the uptake of minerals happens within the medium of water. So if the body is not hydrating itself properly, we're not uptaking our minerals properly. And it really becomes an interesting scenario when you start looking at the minerals in the body. For example, let's just take um, calcium and magnesium. So these are two minerals that the body needs in profusion, and they're also paired minerals. So on, on the periodic table, they kind of sit very close together, which means that they affect each other. They balance each other out. When the body is dehydrated, we don't absorb magnesium as well as we should. And I'm sure most of your listeners will uh, have either had somebody saying to them, you need more magnesium. We do, we need a lot of magnesium in our body. But when the body is dehydrated, you can't absorb it. Then that actually means that if magnesium is not being absorbed, then calcium is actually rising in the body. And too much calcium in the body is actually toxic for us. So what the system does, being a clever body system, is it will dump the calcium. And it will dump it either in the muscles or on the bones. And that is the pain in the muscles, it's the pain of fibromyalgia. And on the bones, it's the pain of arthritis. So I see a lot of people who have uh, arthritis and fibromyalgia, and we teach this little workshop that has had incredible results just by working on the jaw, just by then the inference being that we affect the kidney meridian, so the body starts to hydrate itself better, so that the body starts to absorb magnesium better, so that that balance has come back into alignment and a simple thing like that can affect people who suffer from fibromyalgia and arthritis. And we have done it time and time and time again. It's really interesting. It just shows you how our body is a domino effect when something's out, the whole thing shatters. Yeah, it really is. Um, and it's one of the cool things that I demonstrate to people is that when I can check a load of leg muscles, for example, I can check the quadriceps, which are, that's four muscles together. They're really powerful things. So I, I normally will check a few different muscles and show people that those muscles are not holding as they should. So the power isn't running through them as they should. And then we will do something that supports the jaw. All we're doing is holding muscles in the jaw, then the leg muscles will hold. And that is really quite weird. So there is a neurological 
thing happening whereby you support the jaw muscles and it affects the, the leg muscles. And it's actually affecting the rest of the muscles in the body because really 90% of, the, of our neurology is affected by the status of the jaw. It's a big thing. With the meridians, the muscle testing, are you tapping into the, the nervous system as well to uh, alter yeah. it? Okay. Definitely. And how does the nervous system sit with all the, this in and out of being able to do this or that through the muscle testing? Well, basically, it, it's the information from the nerves going to the brain or to the spine that that are switching on or off the muscles. You know, if you if you put your hand out and you're going to touch a hot plate, before you can consciously even think about it, your hand has already been moved back because your system knows, no, that's not good. Or you're walking along, and more in Australia, I suppose, and you're walking along and you see a snake. Before you even know it, your system has moved you out of the way. Uh, that's the nerves talking. That's the nervous system going, put you into fight flight, prepare you for that, for that for the major stress scenario. It's, it's quite... Um, so to get the, to to have the nervous system um, in fight flight, that's a, that's another interesting scenario actually. So we in today's society we are basically most people are in some form of fight flight, and the fight flight is the stress response is necessary for us. We we need the stress response. We need to know when we have to run away from from something. You know, in the in the caveman days, you needed to know when you had to run after your food or run away from it. But in, in today's society, we are under enormous stress all the time. You know, from the air that we breathe, from the food that we eat, from the thoughts that we think, from the everyday life that we go through. It's as if we're under this constant bombardment and it's a big player in what's going on for people. So again, if, if the body's in fight flight, it means that the adrenal system is under constant, is in constant action and the adrenal sits on top of the kidneys, so the, the kidneys are also under stress, so the hydration of the body is affected, so the body can't absorb magnesium. The, the story goes on. And so my job is really to, to just help people bring that alignment back in. And it, and it really is, it, it's a holistic approach. You know, I can bring the body back into a, a state of, of energetic alignment. The mind has to come there too. And, and the decision, you know, if somebody wants optimum health, they need to make a conscious decision as well to uh, to eat the right foods, to, to exercise, etc., etc. How are you able to know when the body and the mind are aligned? How, how am I able to know if they're in alignment, did you say? Yes, yeah. In kinesiology, you can ask. You can ask anything of the body. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing you can't do with kinesiology is ask things that you're not, not meant to know. So don't ask for lotto numbers or something. <laughs> so once the, the body is under your fingertips, you can do anything you want? No, you must have integrity. For example, you can't ask something that the person doesn't want you to know. You really can't. Um, and it's not like I'm, I'm definitely not a mind reader. It is really from that place of the, the system will show you what it needs and it will show you with the, with the consent of the client. It's one of the big things that, that some modalities of kinesiology might use half an hour to make sure that everything is okay before they even start working with their client. With integrated healing, we have a technique that takes us into, into permission with the, the body, the mind, the soul, and all of that, and it, and it takes seconds. But um, I do 
have a lot of respect for that um, requirement to have full permission for the client. With nervous system being so fast, are your responses at the same speed? Yeah. No, well, <laughs> there are some kinesiologists on this planet who really, who really do move that fast, but um, we have a way of getting enough information in order for the subconscious to make its to make its choices as to as to what it needs to heal itself. At the beginning, you mentioned about your daughter doing psychology. Where does psychology sit into the area of kinesiology? Well, here we're working with the mind, and interestingly, a lot of the aspects of what I do have a she's 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 a research psychologist so she's actually doing her phd over in switzerland at the moment some of the things that they research are kind of align themselves with what we do for example one of the things that we have found in kinesiology is that color has a huge impact and we found some colors seem to relate to the different minerals that the body is out of balance with so for example we have a color that relates to zinc and we have colors that relate to magnesium and we have colors that relate to various other different minerals in the body and there is a um a research aspect of psychology that's also looking into color and so we're working out ways where we can work together and actually have a look and see really we, we need to um for kinesiology to really be accepted across the board there needs to be scientific research done. We're, we're trying to find the alignment where we can do that scientific research. But so far, it's only been um, people's reports in that tell us what's, you know, the efficacy of what we're doing. And that doesn't cut the mustard in a scientific world. If you could sit down and you being the person that is getting the treatment, would there be any questions you'd like to ask yourself? Wow. So I do go and see a kinesiologist. Yeah. And generally, like everybody else, I go when there's something out of balance. One of the things that does happen is when we run the workshops, for example, the one that we're running in March, I go through all of the processes that the training kinesiologist learns. And so it's like I go through all of the processes basically once a year or even twice a year. So it's, things tend to be ironed out then. And strangely, often things that you don't imagine were there. So for example, last year I was, the, the instructor was there and she wanted somebody to demonstrate on. So she grabbed me because I've done it all before. So the students can watch as she's demonstrating something. It was something new and it's a, an extraordinary technique for releasing things like post-traumatic stress and stuff like that. I was really surprised at what came up to release and it wasn't it wasn't a, a deep 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 stress but it was something enough to uh, to throw my system when she cleared it which took like three minutes if that when she cleared it i didn't necessarily feel a huge difference it wasn't until maybe a couple of days later and i was back in australia so i've been in england I was back in Australia and I'm looking out over the ocean and I suddenly, this amazing sense of peace. And I just said to myself, everything has shifted from that one 
little demonstration she was doing. My, it was it was as if my whole body had gone, my whole being had just realigned itself, and I was I don't know. I just felt really really firm, really grounded. And there's one big thing, you know, you need to be grounded as well as as have that sort of spiritual connection. And that's how I felt. Just suddenly very grounded, but very in tune. And that's the sort of thing that. I look for, I suppose, when I go and see a kinesiologist. Nikki, someone wants to find you and get uh, some help or advice on what they're going through in their life. Where can we find you? On my website, I usually have details of where I am and what I'm doing. So the website is it's Revelation Kinesiology, www.revelationkinesiology.com. That's probably the best way to get hold of me, or via the Facebook if people are on Facebook. I'm pretty hopeless with that, with other social media, but I try and keep my Facebook page happening because I have all my events on there. Fantastic, Nikki. I want to say thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing what you got to share. It has been an absolute pleasure, and I hope it's not too cold over there. <laughs> I'm over again. <laughs> I'm over again at the end of February, so just coming back into the winter, which will be lovely. Oh, perfect. Cool. Cool. Thank you. Thank you for spending the time to listen to the show. If you want to learn more, check out sansit.com. That's S-A-N-C-I-T dot com. Join Sanseat Group on Facebook and contact us if you have any questions. Until next time, have an awesome day and rock on.